This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And a big shout out to one of our special podcast partners, Dex.com. They wear receipt bank. They've been through a great rebound. There's a lot of great stuff going on there, Martin, isn't there, at Dex? You know what, Rob? I always speak to accounting firms about having a strong, uh, clearly articulated value proposition really early on in their messaging. You know, as soon as you see that firm, it tells you something. When I go to Dex.com, that's D-E-X-T.com, it says right in front of me, we make accountants and bookkeepers and the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. Those three alliterative P's there, productive, profitable, and powerful. What a great, clear value proposition. So, as accounting practitioners listening to this, if you're looking to make your firm more productive, profitable, and powerful, not just for you, but for the businesses you advise, go to dext.com, that's D-E-X-T, dot com and start a free trial or book a demo love that dex gives you more time and better data to advise on your clients businesses so your accountants get over to dex.com thank you we'll continue with our series on the prices right this is in our bonus sessions where we inform you as accounting practitioners of some of the challenges you've got in the whole pricing game it keeps coming up martin doesn't it pricing last week we focused on our reliance on referrals and that how that might lock practitioners into charging certain prices not having the freedom to price how they want what's up this week this week guys we're looking at whether all new business is good new business or not and as much as you guys must have loved being battered over the head for the last eight episodes on all the problems you've got to pricing, and unfortunately, there's only one more to go, and then we're going to start talking solutions. So if you can bear with us for one more episode, and then it's that time to get serious about solving these issues. So this idea of not all new business being good new business. Many, many years ago, guys, I interviewed a wonderful gentleman who had been many years in practice. He was the senior partner of the firm. Um, that I was talking to at the time. And uh, I, asked, I asked him if he had his career to do again, what would he change? And he said, I'd change the scarcity mentality that all accountants have jumped into them. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, Martin, you need to understand that my career started um, you know, a long time ago, the 1970s. And he said, I was a child of post-war parents where scarcity was the main mindset. You know, These were parents that had grown up on rations who had had very little hand-me-down clothing. And that mindset permeated into me from the home. And then uh, in accountancy, I had the same sort of mindset, this fear mindset that we must hold on to our work. It's very hard to get a new client. Therefore, we must lose them. And we got nothing but fear. And as a result of this, we think that all new business is good new business. Hey, it's coming in the door. Quick, get it. Close the door behind it. Keep it here. Make sure it can't leave. Bill it. Now, here's your issue. With such a heavy focus on things like referrals that we explained last week, another challenge for the practice is that it's not in control of the quality of new business that it holds. So taking on referred clients who are not a good fit for your firm, either price-wise or culturally, will only result in further concerns down the road when the practice wants to increase its prices. And of course, over time, this will damage the firm's profitability because you'll be looking at having taken on anything that came in the door and you'll be saddled with a lot of low-end work that the competition is not saddled with and a lot of low-end profitability where you have to do write-downs and concessions and, you know, it's just a, a downward spiral. And referrals are a real culprit for that, Martin, because there's an obligation, isn't it, when you're referred 
a potential client to take that on. You don't want to let down that potential referral source and saying, I'm not taking that client on. So we get sucked into the wrong kind of work with the wrong kind of client for the wrong kind of fee. Most firms I've spoken to, Rob, feel morally obliged to act for a referral source. Um, you don't want to miss out on the next referral if you turn it down. Yeah, next one might be a good one. And, you know, and we'll take this one as a loss leader sort of thing, except it's what happens when they all become loss leaders. So during recessionary periods as well, Another thing you'll find, guys, is you'll find gurus who implore the profession to lowball fees in order to keep clients. And then you'll raise them in years two and three and four. Well, here's a newsflash. No, you won't. You'll price anchor them in year one, and then they'll complain about years two, three, and four if you ever try and put the price up because you've conditioned them to thinking that this is what you cost. So the advice to lowball, that's born of fear. Okay? And again, no surprise that, that those gurus were often accountants in practice prior to being gurus. Um, so that's born of fear. It's not commercial wisdom. And we in this show try to impart commercial wisdom upon you. So rather, the value that is provided for your clients should be so strong, so critical to their success, that you, the firm, or you, the accountant, are written into their strategic plans for years to come. And you become an indispensable part of their story, not just another accountant. Because your barrier to pricing as another accountant is that you're thrown into a big old sack of other accountants. And that's the race to the bottom on the lowest common denominator pricing. If you are working hard to educate the market, which we've talked about on previous episodes, to demonstrate not why you're different, ignore that advice as well, but why you are superior, better, you are advantageous for them to use you, to work with you. That's when you stop being commodity purchase and you start being a goals objectives, outcomes, benefits type purchase. Okay? And what you say no to, Martin, often defines you as a practice, as a, a practitioner more than what you say yes to, doesn't it? Well, think about this, guys. If you say no to a garbage piece of work, guess where it goes? It goes <laughs> to one of your competitors. <laughs> and they're saddled with it. Yeah. It's a good thing. That's a bad thing. Yeah. Good thing. I'm reminded of the quote by John Maxwell, the motivational leader in the States, and he said, say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. But if you keep saying no to good work or average work or substandard work just to fill up your client base, you don't either have the bandwidth or the vision, the headspace to consider the great stuff. Gurus have been telling practitioners for years to grade their clients A through D and to focus on A and B growth. And we've done a previous session on winning grade A clients with precisely that mechanism. You could just as well say good, better, best clients. How do we get our best clients? How do we get more of our best clients? Simple as that. But the, the thing that I really want to focus on, guys, is that you know, we, we are besieging accountancy with award ceremonies. You seem to be able to win prospects for anything these days. And often when someone wins an award, they thank those closest to them and closest to the success. And generally, the phrase employed is without whom. Without whom, it wouldn't have been possible. Without whom, we wouldn't be here tonight. Without whom, etc. Now, I'm going to for our listeners. Why don't you focus on being your without whom for your clients? Ooh, I like that. So when they say, I kept, I was able to have the wolves kept from the door, you know, and my accountants are these people over here. Without whom, we would have been sunk. Yeah. Or I'm on my beach in Spain, <laughs> you know, with, you know, because my business was, was sold. Uh, and my accountants were X, Y, Z, without whom we would never have been here. I'd still be working a five-day week right now. You know, why don't we focus on that rather than just taking in all new business in the hope 
that we can, we suddenly gather enough that we'll be safe one day. Why don't we move from a fear-based mentality to an abundant-based mentality, not just to help ourselves, but to serve our clients? Because we all know that the most noble iteration of an accountancy qualification is to serve the client to achieve their commercial objectives. I've seen your partner, Baker Tilly, back in the day, Martin, shared this story with me. He said we had a client that was taking up 30% of the resources of our office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was our biggest payer. He was our biggest client. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went to the board one day and said, who wants to keep this client? And nobody put the hand up. Right. And then I said, who wants to fire him? And nobody put the hand up as well. But we sent him a letter. We needed to ditch him to make some capacity for the clients that we wanted to take on. So we sent him a very polite letter saying, thanks for being our client for so many years. Under the current economic climate, we're unable to give you the service you've been accustomed to without a price increase of 15%. We'd love to keep you as a client if you'd love to stay. But if not, and you feel you want to move on, we'll facilitate that transition as easily as possible. And guess what? The client stayed, but became ever more demanding. So they did it again two years later and raised the price again. And this time the client left. And although they lost that chunk of fees, they grew by 40% the following year because they said yes to the right business and no to the wrong business. They've just saved resource and created capacity in one move. Simple as that. The uh, accounting stalwart, Gordon Gilchrist, talked about PITA clients, P-I-T-A, which stands for pain in the, I'll let you work out what the A is. Okay. And he, and something that Gordon, I've heard Gordon say many times is to, to account, like an accounting audience is make a commercial case for this firm keeping your PITA clients. You know, and they can't, of course, they feel obliged. Well, guess what, guys? I'm releasing you from your bonds. You do not need to feel obliged to work on businesses that are not good business for you. That is you not doing acting in the best interest of your shareholders, which are probably yourselves. So your primary role is to act in your own best interests and looking after bad business for your firm is absolutely the antithesis of that. Yeah, and that means two steps. One is recalibrating the business that you've already got, the clients that you're working with and saying, which should we not keep? And then when new opportunities come in, it's triaging them to say, is this the kind of business that we want? Any final thoughts, Martin? Yeah, and the final thought is that the only the only time that cycles get broken is when someone's brave enough to swim against the tide. And I do see firms now saying, only on this basis will we accept a client. Only at this level of fee will we accept a client. I challenge all of our listeners to do likewise. Tune in next week. We'll talk about some of the solutions to the pricing game. This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.